Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey my friends, I want to let you all know that my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead, after being knocked down, is now available for pre-order. I'll make sure the link is available in the show notes below. All right, my friends, let's do the show. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. You know, at times we find ourselves in seasons of waiting for our dreams to be fulfilled, our prayers to be answered, or our circumstances to be changed. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about right now? But your dream has an appointed time, and God always has victory in store for you. I believe that, definitely. And the seasons of waiting don't need to be periods of discouragement or hopelessness. Instead, they can be rich periods of joy, growth, and preparation for the plans and promotion that God has in store for you. And if you don't believe in God, I still believe that this message you're about to hear is still in in many ways for you guys, because a lot of us do go through those periods of waiting. And I don't think, you know, I, I... I'll admit that I do have a a problem with patience and and waiting, as I'm sure many people do, whether you're Christian or not. But I find that being a Christian, I have that extra extra level of peace and guidance that I can go to when I am in that period of waiting. But my guest today is none other than the, the amazing, wonderful, and beautiful human, Lisa Osteen Comez. Now, for those of you that don't know who she is, I'm pretty sure a lot of you would know who she is already, but she's an associate pastor at Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. Many of you would know the senior pastor of that church, which is Joel Osteen. Uh, she's been bringing the Word of God and, and preaching and ministry for over 25 years uh, to the congregation and to many, many other people. She is involved in many aspects of the church's leadership. Lisa is a notable miracle of our day. Having been healed of a crippling disease as a baby, injured at birth, Lisa developed a condition similar to cerebral palsy, which doctors uh, said would cripple her and cause her early death. 
But as her parents prayed for her, God miraculously healed Lisa before her first birthday. How about that? In 1990, while while serving at Lakewood Church again, Lisa's life was spared when she opened a package containing a pipe bomb that exploded in her lap, riddling her office with nails and shrapnel. God miraculously protected her and she escaped with only minor injuries. Through all her challenges and experiences, which you will definitely get a sense of and learn more about during this conversation, Lisa has become known as a respected ministry leader and Bible teacher. She also has a brand new book, which uh, I have a copy of in my hands right now as I'm, I'm doing this introduction. It's called It's On The Way. Don't give up on your dreams and your prayers. I, I'll make sure that you know where to get a copy of that, but the links will be in the show notes below for you guys to make it easy, uh, easier for you. But I hope that you guys really, really do enjoy this conversation and this message from Lisa Osteen Comez. Uh, she's a like I said before, she's just a beautiful human being, beautiful lady, such uh, full of lighthearted spirit, I, I think, and she's just infectious. <laughs> I, I loved, loved speaking to her. Now, the internet connection at times was a bit choppy, so you may, uh, it may drop in and out at times. I did my best to fix it, but I just want not to apologize in advance for that. You know, these days, internet, uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. <laughs> It's just the way that it is. But I hope that you guys enjoy it nonetheless and that you do share it with your friends and your family. Also, my friends, just real quickly, my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead After Being Knocked Down is now available for pre-order. I'll make sure the link is available in the show notes below too. But I hope that you guys can help support me, The Storybox, and Lisa as well. Uh, by also going to get a copy of her book and get a copy of my book as well. Appreciate each and every one of you. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey into this story box as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the stories of none other than Lisa Osteen Comez. Thank you so much, Jay. That was such a nice introduction, and it's so good to be on your podcast. We appreciate what you do, and and thank you for having me. It means a lot to me to hear you say that. I spoke with your wonderful sister, April, who's just an incredible human being, and I could not wait to actually speak with you as well. I have no doubt that we're going to have such a fun conversation. Before we unbox more of your wonderful story and, and all your wisdom and advice, I have one question that I love asking all my guests at the very start, which is, what does success look like for you? Success looks like doing what God called you to do. Uh, and I think he, he really has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And as we walk with him, you know, it doesn't unfold overnight. But as we walk with him and just every day follow him, be faithful to him, his plan always unfolds. successful to me. Uh, you know, you can't compare your life to anyone else's life. And, uh, you know, I, I know that God, uh, you know, has unique callings for each one of us. Mm -hmm. And if we really connect with God, if we really ask him, he will show us what that is. And so um, to me, success is serving Jesus every day, actually, just walking with him every day. I can't even imagine living without him. 
me either, to be honest with you. And I'm curious, when was the moment for you in your life that you realized that following what God has in store for you and, and serving him was in fact success for you? Has it been this gradual thing over the course of your life that you realized at a different moment? So was there more of a, a catalyst moment for you? Uh, no, I think it's been a process. And uh, I look back over my life and when I was a teenager, I really liked to study the Bible more than just reading our Bible every day. That's what our parents taught us to do and speak to God. But I just wanted to go that extra mile and study the Bible. And so I did that as a teenager. And so I had this sort of desire and hunger for the things of God. So when I got to college, I just felt like, you know, I'm going to be in the ministry somehow, but I don't know what that looks like. And I, I don't think I ever thought of that I would preach at that time. Uh, I just knew I loved the ministry. I loved helping people and I loved uh, the word of God. And so, um, you know, I, I went to college and then I ended back up back home just, you know, working at sort of at the bottom of Lakewood. My dad was a pastor there. I worked uh, like 16 years with him right. and uh, I was first just opening up the mail for a time, working with his publications and then I was a volunteer director over the, all the volunteers. And so I just, I loved it all. And that was ministry to me. But uh, during that time, you know, I began to um, help a small group of people. Mm -hmm. And it's because, uh, I don't know if you want to get into it now, but I went through an unwanted divorce when I was in my early 20s. And so during that time, I was so down and discouraged. But at the same time, God began to bring people to me that needed prayer and they, they knew what I was going through. And so they would say to me, you know, Lisa, you're going through a divorce. I am too. Would you help me? Would you pray with me? And so I just started taking care of those people. And eventually we started meeting together to pray. And then I started just sharing with them. Well, I had no idea, Jay, that God had called me to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that God had called me to actually preach and teach the word of God. And so I was doing that and my dad just recognized it in me. And he said, Lisa, you're preaching to those people out in that building on Tuesday nights. He said, I want you to preach for me uh, in the, in the main service, you know, when I go to India and Jay, that was thousands of people. And I, I just thought, Oh my word, I don't know if I can do this, but I just couldn't say no. I just thought I'll do it with fear and trembling, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh, that's when I began. That was in probably 1986, 87. And uh, I preached for him, and I've been preaching ever since. And then, of course, when my dad uh, passed away, it was even that became my main role, really, to pastor and preach. So it's amazing how God trained me. And let me see the, the uh, sort of the underlines of how a church works, how you're supposed to treat people what ministry really is all about, because it's not just about being on the platform. And let me see the heart of God and, and just learning compassion toward hurting people. But uh, that's how it worked for me. And I would have never guessed I would be on this platform. I really would have never done that. But I had a heart for God and I wanted to do something. I think a lot of people are actually really grateful, including myself, because I've listened to some of your sermons. And they, quite, they are quite impactful. And I do appreciate the fact that you are sharing from God's word and your own personal stories intertwined throughout there, which are pretty incredible. 
I wanted to ask you as well, you did mention that you went through an unwanted divorce and as Christians, it's sort of like this, you don't get divorced as a Christian. So what was going through your mind and what was the surroundings happening around you? Did you feel a lot of pressure? Did you feel uh, unwanted in some respects? What was going through through your heart and mind during that time? All of the above. <laughs> it was not easy. I was married to the situation uh you know sort of to see me into going home to visit my mother at the time my mother dad she was uh, dealing with cancer and mm-hmm. sent me divorce papers and mail so it was it was shocking and uh you know here I was back home in the room living in the room I, I grew up in and I was devastated I was depressed I was, um, I felt a little hopeless at times, but, you know, I knew I had that anchor of the word of God and I had my supportive family around me, but I did, I felt very rejected. And and for a time, it was just like beating myself up. What have I done wrong? Why would he reject me? Uh, I must not have been a good wife. And, And then on top of that, my desire to be used by God uh, was just coming up and I thought, how could I be used for God? Number one, back then I'm a, I'm a woman. Number two, you know, now I'm divorced. And uh, it, there was just all this shame. But I will tell you that, you know, my dad, I, I stayed home and I cried for about six weeks. I didn't want to go to church. I was embarrassed to let people know that I was going through a divorce. And my dad um, came to me one day and he said, Lisa, he said, you got to go back to church. You know, you need it right now. And he said, let's tell the people. And uh, he said, they need to pray for you. And he said, you know what? We prayed for them all these years and we help them when they're in need. So you're in need now. Let them help you. And I'll never forget that because it just, it like broke some chains off of me because number one, my dad was a well-known pastor and the pastor of a large church. And he doesn't, he didn't care. He didn't mind getting up. I'm not saying everybody's supposed to do this, but he just got up in front of several thousand people. He said, Hey, we are what we are. Our daughter Lisa's going through a divorce. She needs your prayer. Well, people just came around me, loved on me, and hugged me. And what that did, Jay, is it got me out of isolation. I was isolated. Satan wants to isolate us. And make us think that our situation is hopeless, that people will be embarrassed of us, that people will reject us. But the truth is, you know, the body of Christ was the body of Christ. They rose up and they loved on me. And when I walked around that church from then on, it was, hey, Lisa, I'm praying for you. Hey, Lisa, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was the process of me uh, just receiving healing. There were were many other things like... uh, when I started to get strong again, um, I still hurt. I still had a broken heart. And until you have that, it's hard to explain it. But it was almost like a sort of a depression, a, an oppression that you just feel wounded. Maybe that's what it is. You feel wounded. You don't feel whole. And I, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, you're restoring my life. But if you want me to go on and move forward, I can't move forward with this hurt inside of me. And I I remember the word of God. It says, you know, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Mm -hmm. 
And I just threw that out to the Lord. I said, Lord, you said you would heal my broken heart. You said you would bind up my wounds. And I need you to do that for me. And it, it, it didn't happen overnight, but it wasn't long. And I'll never forget, I went away with a friend just to pray and uh, for the weekend and just to get out. You know, I needed a change of scenery. We went to New Orleans, not to party or anything like that, but <laughs> we went there and we had a wonderful time of prayer and just intercession that night. But I, I didn't feel any different. Got up the next morning, walked outside of that hotel, and literally I took the first step on the sidewalk and something lifted for me. It was supernatural. I just felt like God just removed hurt from me. I felt as light as a feather. I looked around to my friend and I said, something just happened. I don't know what it was, but I, I feel different. And God did it. God healed my broken heart. And I have never felt that way again. And so I just, all that, that process, you know, walking with God through it, you know, you just have to walk it out day by day. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen overnight, but just walking it out, walk out your faith, walk out your healing, walk it out with Jesus. And he will bring you into that place of, of wholeness and victory where he wants you to be. And don't give up along the way either. That's another, wow. that's another thing that I've learned in my journey of life is the ones that don't give up will end up receiving the healing eventually it will come it might take some time but that's all right it's part of the journey right it's part of the the healing process i think it is it's in stages it is i found yes it is and that's the subtitle of my book don't give up on your prayers and your dreams mm. because i talk about that uh about how you know god has a plan for your life and we know it's a good plan it's a great plan and yet the bible says that satan comes to steal kill and destroy yeah. So when I realized through that divorce that Satan's plan was to steal for me, to, to kill me, to destroy me, I realized that Satan had a plan for me too. Mm -hmm. And that just sort of gave me a, a new fight. And I thought, I'm not going to let my defeated enemy, whom Jesus defeated on the cross, steal from me. He's not going to steal my life, my joy. He's not going to steal my faith. And I'm not going to give up because I'm in this place. I'm going to keep going. And so you're so right. You know, I, I've been tempted so many times to give up in other areas. Yeah. Uh, just believe in God yeah. for something, you know, or sometimes, sometimes after I preach, I just think I, I don't want to preach anymore. <laughs> you know, sometimes the emotions are up and down because you're tired and you're, you're just exhausted. And, you know, it's, it's in the little things and the big things. We've got to just realize, hey, take a breath. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep going. Yeah, Fatigue is one of the areas that Satan uses to attack us the most because we're weak in those times. So if we can just learn to take a, a deep breath in and out, and like you said, keep going no matter what, I think we will be okay. <laughs> Ultimately. I, I that's totally agree. And recreation, you know, just, you know, Jesus said, the Lord's my shepherd. And he said, I'll, I'll restore your soul. And I, I think sometimes, especially as in ministry, we get so busy that we forget to take care of ourselves. And, yeah. you know, just to, to get out and into nature and, or to go on a trip or a walk or whatever it takes. But uh, I've learned as I've gotten older that, you know, you, you have to you really have to watch your schedule and watch your health, your emotional and mental and your physical health and just take care of yourself. Yeah. Another piece of great advice for those people that 
uh, in a, a season at the moment of, of trial, of tribulation, they're suffering through life at the moment, and they're Christian, right? And even for, for non-Christians too that are listening to this. And it feels like that God isn't there for them. It's not, he's not showing up. You can't hear him. All these things are happening to them. How would you or what sort of advice would you want to give them in that period of time? Well, I think about um, think about the words of the Apostle Paul when he talked about uh, all that he had been through. I wish I had it before me, but he, he talked about all that he'd been through. And it was just list after list. But he stopped in the middle of it. He made three declarations, and I'll mention one of them. But he said, the Lord stood by my side. And so I think that we have to remember whether we feel it or not, whether we feel him or not, that whatever we're going through, Jesus is standing by your side. Mm -hmm. And that is not something that we just, um, well, let me say it this way. It's something we have to know that we know that we know. We, We live by faith. You know, this is a faith walk. And so, no, we don't see Jesus. No, we don't feel his presence. No, it doesn't look like he's working. But, hey, Lisa, you have faith in an almighty God. He is standing beside you. He is working behind the scenes. He is working things all together for your good. And so, really, it's it's a walk of faith saying, God, I don't see it, but I know you're with me. Sometimes I just say, Jay, God, I don't feel it, but I'm going to take you by your hand. You know, uh, you said you hold me by my right hand. I put out that right hand. And that means I'm holding his left hand. And so with this other hand, he's working on my behalf. You know, I just I just picture that. But I, I think that we have to know it by faith. And this is how we get into a deeper walk with God. We come to trust him. And we, we trust him whether we see it or not. And for those, those who don't know God and you don't understand what we're talking about, I, I just encourage you to, to reach out to him and say, God, do you exist? Yeah. God, where are you? Who are, are you? He will reveal himself to you. And uh, so that's what I encourage people to do, because you'll find out that God is a good God. He's a loving God. He accepts you just as you are. He takes you where you are and he does great things with you. When in your life, Lisa, has your faith been the most tested? Let's see. Um, Probably when I went through a divorce, that was one of the hardest things. I ever went through. And I think maybe why it was tested then is because one of the things I kept sort of complaining about, or or I kept thinking, God, I have served you since I was a little girl. I got saved when I was three years old and I really didn't mean it. And, and I've, I've lived for you. I haven't strayed. I haven't done all these things. And, and, and I get married and all this happens. And, and then I was questioning, what did I do wrong? And, And I just felt it in my spirit. You know, he's so good to talk to us in our spirit. It's not allowed, but it's real. And he said, Lisa, quit asking why and realize you have an enemy and he's trying to defeat you. 
rise up, use the weapons I've given you, and and come out. Uh, you can learn to come out of this in victory. Mm-hmm. And I listened to him. I thought, God, I know you're right. You've given me your word as a weapon. I can pray. I have power and authority over Satan. I can resist him, and he will he will flee. I can. I'm having a battle of the mind, but I can defeat this with your help, you know, and the word of God. And so, I realize it's not about uh, what you've done or haven't done. It's not about being a Christian or not being a Christian. Jesus said, "In this world, you're going to have tribulation." He just warned us right up front. You're going to have tribulation in this life. We live in a world where there's evil. Satan's going to tempt us and people are going to mistreat us. That's just the bottom line. And I, I think that's when I thought, okay, yeah, that's true. Just because I live a Christian life doesn't mean bad things might not happen to me. And so that was sort of a test of my faith and to say, God, no matter what happens, I believe you and I'm going to go on and I'm going to do your will. And I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to rise up and resist the enemy and take hold of your word and believe you over what I am hearing in my own mind. All the, you know, the negative thoughts that were just bombarding my mind at the time, but he brought me through it. Mm. One of my favorite poems that I often go back to is footprints in the sand. And it's a beautiful analogy of how we question God all the time. Like in our deepest, darkest moments, when pretty much I thought you weren't there, where were you? He was actually carrying us through those mm-hmm. difficult times. And it's like, it's poetry for me. It really is. Every time I, I picture that, like me being carried by someone that is more powerful, more wiser, more stronger than me as a human being, that just makes me like crumble. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's, it's That's a such beautiful a beautiful thing. visual. In fact, somebody sent me that. Actually, I don't know if you, you're probably too young to know T.L. Osborne, but he was a great evangelist and apostle. But he helped me through some of that time. And he sent me that that poem wow. after I was divorced and going through all the healing process. And it it meant the world to me. I still have it in his handwriting. Oh, that is that is amazing. It's, yeah, it's one of my all-time favorites. I actually discovered it. Uh, one day I was I was going through a difficult time and then someone, a friend of mine, sent it to me too. And then just randomly out of the blue, I went to someone's house, we were picking up our uh, now German Shepherd puppy and then it happened to be in the, the bathroom wall. Like, and I just, wow, <laughs> did not That's expect did not expect it, but I really needed it during that period of time. But steering it back to you, uh, Lisa, I just wanted to ask you, when in your life would you say has been the, your most vulnerable moment? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, I think probably, I mean, I just keep going back to it, but I, I'm just, I, I think probably when I, when my dad told the church what I was going through, I just felt, I don't know, it was just so so um revealing of my life and you know in a way it was not shaming in any way but it was letting the world know you know what what I was going through and and I just it was so vulnerable but I'm telling you at the same time 
it was so healing. Mm. It was so healing. And so I, I would, I would say that was the most, but you know, raising kids, <laughs> you know, just there's so many, so many things, you know, that, that uh, you go through and, you know, you go through in life that puts you in that place. Yeah. When in your life, when you least expected God to show up in a big way that he did and a change your perspective of who he is, aside from the divorce, when in your life has that happened for you? Um, well, so, so many times. Um, I, let, me, let me tell you this story. I mean, I'm just I'm thinking about the stories right now because there's so many. God has been so faithful. But mm. Kevin and I have been married 31 years. But uh, when we, thank you. <laughs> and uh, when we got married, about a year after we started, we were uh, married, we started trying to have children and couldn't. And so um, that was, that was a difficult seven years because, uh, you know, we were trying, uh, all my brothers and sisters were way ahead of me, even though some of them were younger than I am. And they were having children and you know, I never resented that in any way. In fact, I sowed seeds by giving gifts and going to showers and things like that. But uh, I started going through the uh, infertility process mm -hmm. and I did that for three or four years and I had uh, surgeries, I had shots, I had everything. And it's a, it's a challenging process. And I was, I was just thinking, you know, everything was good, but uh, when, when we went to the doctors one time unexpectedly, the doctor just said, I'm sorry, we can't help you, Lisa. Uh, you know, the, the problem is in your body. We don't even think you could carry a baby uh, because of the scarring in your womb. And um, you just need to get the H on with your life. That's what he said to me. And it was so abrupt. And then he gave me a uh, card and he said, here's the name of a psychiatrist. I think you're going to need to see him. And so it was just so shocking. And we walked out and I was just like, my, the, the air was out of me. And Kevin said, Lisa, our trust has never been in man. It's been in God. And he said, we're going to get through this and we're going to have our children. And so that was a tough time. And so we just got the word of God, like we've been taught to do. And said, our children will be mighty in the land. We believe that we will have children. We, we confess that scripture before we ever had children. Uh, I would walk around our house saying, Father, you said you would bless the brown woman with a home and make her a happy mother of children. And I thank you that I'm a happy mother of children. And um, so anyway, uh, we Kevin had talked about adopting but I couldn't even go there because I thought, I don't want another rejection. You know, that can be a process too. But I, I told the Lord, I've never done this since, but I told the Lord, I said, God, I was so desperate. I said, God, you know, if you want me to adopt, if you want us to adopt, you're going to have to give me a supernatural sign because I'm worn out. I'm just worn out. I mean, during this time, I began to have anxiety attacks. It just, it was terrible. So anyway, after I prayed that prayer two weeks later, uh, we got a call from Nancy Alcorn of Mercy Ministries, and she has homes for unwed mothers and troubled girls. And so she just said, Lisa, do you and Kevin have children? And I said, not yet. And she said, well, I, I thought about y'all because these twin girls are going to be born. 
And I keep praying about it. And I felt like I should call you. I hope you don't think that's weird. And I just said, we'll take them. And, and Jay, without any, hardly any work in four months, we had twin girls. Uh, we got them when they were four days old out of the hospital. Um, no, no real big planning or, or, or challenges over it. God just did it for us. And then three years later, we adopted our son from uh, Mercy Ministries also. Uh, they're 24. My girls are 24, 23. My son is uh, 20 now. But that is a miracle. And uh, I always look back. Nancy told me this. She said, Lisa, the, one of the reasons I wanted to call you is because there's so many um, sort of restrictions or qualifications that the parent, the mother, has for who's going to adopt. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's got to be somebody in the South, uh, in a spirit-filled church, in the ministry, around uh, cousins and grandparents. And she said, the last one, she said, I don't think y'all fit into it, but I can probably talk her out of it. And that is there has to be a twin in the family. And I just said, Nancy, I guess I've never told you that my husband is a twin. And so she just about came through the, the phone. So everything aligned. It was divine. Mm -hmm. And now we have our wonderful children. And uh, I'm so glad I say that I didn't have to go through nine months of pregnancy and delivery and all that. I got my kids, you know, and they've been a blessing to us. And so that was a big miracle in our lives. You're a mom of three beautiful kids. Yes, yeah. I am, just like the scripture says. <laughs> just like the scripture says. It kind of reminds me of my mom's story a little bit. Even though she didn't end up ado adopting, she was told by a doctor that she could never have kids because of her womb as well and what the damage that she did to it uh, as a young person with eating disorders and, and all, all sorts of horrible things. But she, very much like Hannah in, in Samuel, she prayed and, and said that, if uh, God would bless her with kids, then she would raise them to serve God and, and do the right thing. And she'd do her very best. And God blessed her with uh, my older brother, um, my older brother, Nathan first, not long after. And then she had one before me uh, who sadly passed away. And then I came along. I like saying that I was the more planned one in the, in the entire <laughs> family. Uh, and then they had my my younger brother Johnny, who is another. He's a miracle in of itself because the the placenta calcified, so he wasn't getting any nutrients. He should have been stillborn, but God didn't allow it to happen. And he's a healthy twenty something year old. Don't know how old he is. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Today, but um, yeah, it's just amazing how God answers prayer and is in a miraculous way. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's a wonderful story. And you know, I think about too, Jay. I just want to mention this. Uh, I had a friend that was going through the same thing and she was getting infertility treatment and it worked perfect for her. And so I just want to encourage people, do whatever it takes. You know, if you need to get treatment, do what it takes. It just, that's the way it happened for us. But God is good. He, he works with each of us in a different way. He really is. He really is. Lisa, I do want to be respectful of your time. I'm really enjoying this conversation with you. Could spend hours with you, to be honest, <laughs> and oh, just listen to you. just listen to your stories. But you have this new book. It's called "It's on the Way," and I want to encourage people to go and get a copy of the book. But why did you decide to write that book or this particular book right now? Uh, I I think because I encounter people all the time that were just like me. They're going through traumatic things. They're believing God 
they, uh, for promises in his word. They're believing God for children to return to the Lord, financial breakthroughs. I mean, we just always have something. And when uh, you look back and see God restored me through the divorce, he, as you mentioned, through the mail bomb, he brought me through that and then through uh, the infertility and just there's different things. I, I thought, you know, through all of that, I could have quit. And there were there were a lot of times when I was I would get down, but I would just have to encourage myself in the Lord and I would have to continue to just walk it out. And so I thought I want to write a book that helps people in the middle to, to help them and equip them with the word of God, with some tools, with biblical principles that will help them know what to do to not quit in the middle. Because the, the middle can be a hard time sometimes, but it's in the middle that God is working in your life and he's developing you and he's preparing you. This is what I realized. He was preparing me for ministry. He was preparing me for so many things. And sometimes we always, we just look forward and think, this is what I want to do. I, I can't wait till I get there. But hey, let's just enjoy today because today he's preparing you for where he wants you to go. And so let's cooperate with him and let's be patient and, and let him do some things in us. I mean, I learned to pray in the middle more than ever. I mean, I learned how to intercede, how to pray, how to get a hold of God. You just learn. Learn anywhere else. It's almost like you have to be under pressure to learn some things. But but anyway, it, it just, I, I have so many good chapters in there just to help people, you know, to know what to do in the middle and not give up, not to dare give up on your dreams and your, your uh, prayers because God will bring them to pass. Mm, absolutely. I'll make sure everyone knows where to get a copy. I'll link everything in the show notes for people. But Lisa, before I ask you the final two questions, where do you want people to connect with you the most? Uh, they can connect with me uh, on social media, Lisa Osteen Comas, or on my website, lisaosteencomas.com. It's Comas. <laughs> Sorry, I said Combs before. <laughs> That's Everybody Aussie, does. It's okay. Was the accent coming through there, but Comas, I yeah. like it. Yes. So, Lisa, what do you love the most about God, yourself, and your story? God, myself, and Missouri. Okay. I love the most about God is that he loves me no matter what. I just feel, I just feel like he's my friend mm -hmm. and he's a trusted friend. And, and I look back on my life and he's never forsaken me. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I wondered where he was there. I, I just love that about God. He's always there. We talked about that a little bit. Um, love the most about myself. Uh, Oh, that's sort of hard. <laughs> I uh, maybe that I I love people. I I, I really love people, and um, I don't know Jesus. I, I, my dad always said that Jesus. The most important thing to Jesus are people, yeah. and uh, sometimes we think it's religious rules or rituals, but God is all about people, and so I love people. And what was the last one? What do you love the most about your story? Uh, that I got through it. <laughs> no, no. You know what? That God is a miracle worker. That what I could not do, he did. And I remember that a lot. Even today, I, I said the other day, God, I'm not able, but you're able. You know, and that's what he did for me. When I wasn't able, 
he was able and he was willing. And so I guess that's what I love about, about my stories. You're living proof that God is a miracle worker. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen to that. Lisa, my final question for you, this is my all time favorite question. I ask all my guests at the very end of my conversations. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? I would want it to be full of people that tell would tell me that they were helped by the teaching of the word of God or that they got saved through my ministry. I mean, that's, that's what I live for is to bring people into the kingdom of God and to help people live out the, the faith, you know, their faith walk and the, the, their Christian walk. So I, I would love that. My, my love language is words of encouragement. So I think that would be the greatest thing just to hear people say, your ministry helped me. I got saved when you preach so-and-so. So It's a beautiful send-off message for people to imagine. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today, your wisdom, your stories, and all the, all the advice and all the amazing work that you're putting out there into the world. Uh, you know, I, I, I see it, I acknowledge it, I honor it, and it's helped me on many occasions and it's a real honor for me to be able to speak to you today and unbox a little bit of your story but thank you so much for joining me today on the story box podcast thank you so much jay i appreciate those kind words and i just want to say that it's an honor for me to be here and i love what you're doing keep it up because i know god's going to do great things in your life but thank you so much i really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.